Welcome to Rebel FM episode 138. I'm Anthony Garris. With me is Matt Shandry. Hi. And Arthur Geese. It's all fun and games until she chews on your beam. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was battling with my character with my character, my cat with the lightsaber. Yeah. You play too many MMOs. <laughs> I play too many character based games lately where I have to create my own character. Yeah, it was funny because uh, when I when I was seeing a game recently, I na- I always named all my guys Chuff, and they were like, "What the fuck is Chuff?" And I was like, "Ah, it's clearly not it. fans." So, uh, so yeah, we've all been we've all been checking out some games. I really haven't. Well, I have to confess that I haven't either, because even though I have codes for games like Trials and Minecraft uh, on Xbox and stuff, and I want to check those out, I even have the code for Toy Soldiers, and I still haven't checked that out. I just keep going back to Tribes. Man, Toy Soldiers Cold War. Yeah. Have you never played that? Well, it just came out on uh, PC. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. But, uh, but I did play that back in the day. Yes. Yeah, I played it with you. Yes, you did. It was a lot of fun. It was. I didn't play very much of it, though. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, in this vicious review cycle. Yeah. And you just, you never break out sometimes. Or mm. you go like a long time without breaking out. So, I'm in one of those right now. So am I. Mm. This is, which is why I haven't been playing as much Tribes after I finished it. I was like, that was like, awesome. I fucking love this game. <laughs> On to the next. Like, what is your What does your review schedule look like right now? Well, it's not as bad as yours, but I also have a bunch of uh previews to write. Yeah. Um, so. like I, I was telling Matt at Bart that I have I'm in the situation where if I were to tell like kids on forums or kids on Twitter, they would say, That sounds awesome. And if I tell anyone like who's another member of the press, they'd be like, That sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you've described your past week's schedules and I'm like, Oh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> All right, have fun. Like right now I'm oh, wait, reviewing no. Starhawk. Uh, the Starhawk embargo is Monday, I think. which that game's pretty labor intensive to begin with, as far as the amount of time you need to spend with it. We'll see. I've like I've in my mind, having, I actually that's me without having played it. So. I've been having debug issues all week. Like uh, there are weird PS3 debug issues ever since the hack last year um, uh, that involve character and or account creation. And funny thing about Starhawk is that it kind of depends on an account to play it on the internet. Mm. Uh, so newfangled games. I'll probably play some tomorrow, um, but like as it as it stands, it looks like I'm going to be playing for like nine hours on Saturday. Yeah, because that's the scheduled play session, um, and that's Monday. And then Tuesday, I start Max Payne. That sounds, that sounds exciting. Wednesday, well, I so I have a multiplayer event on Tuesday night for Max Payne, and I should get review copy. And then Wednesday, I'm probably going to have to go gonna have to go this is this is making people mad just saying it uh i will probably go and play multiplayer review sessions for ghost recon oh, okay uh, so i'll be reviewing max Payne and ghost recon simultaneously max Payne comes out the following tuesday uh we'll probably get diablo on monday and it won't unlock until nine o'clock monday night <laughs> is that the 19th that's 15th the f- well yeah we'll probably be playing on the 14th at nine o'clock 
Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, we no one will be playing Diablo for review until, until everyone it comes else. Has. Out, yeah. yeah. Uh, so Max Payne's embargo, I think, is the Monday before release. Diablo will start shortly thereafter. And as I try to marathon Diablo to get a review up in a timely fashion, I'll also have Ghost Recon, which will be embargoed to the week after that. You're right. That does sound awesome, but it does also sound awful. Yeah, you know, these are like like Diablo is like a game that would be fun to, you know, how about play at your own pace? Oh, definitely. Um, well, and it would be a good, it's a good game, like, if you could actually just set up time with your friends and sort of, like, make sure that you're all going through it at the same time together. Yeah, I will not at all. I'll be going through way faster. Than, and I yeah. still, like, I have to, I mean, we have to write. Like, we have all the normal shit that we have to deal with. Like, I have to. News stories. I have to get news during the day. I have to talk to people about review code. Oh, and I got a fifth game today. Yeah. Like possibly, which is a, a shmup for 360 called Akai Katana. Is it, is it downloadable so, or something? No, it's a retail game. I got a green disc. Huh. Um, so what you're telling me is that nobody else at Polygon actually does anything. No, see, like Phil is <laughs> Phil is playing Terra, uh-huh. and he'll review Game of Thrones, and he's actually driving across the country. He will be know, driving right. across the country when people hear this. Yeah. Um. Justin has been really helping with downloadable titles and random stuff. Mm. Um, Russ Freshtick is reviewing Minecraft right now. But, I mean, everybody has stuff that they do. Like, that's part of the Polygon thing. Is that, like, <laughs> yeah, I know. People have jorbs. Specific jorbs. <clears throat> um, and yours is brain, to review every game that comes out. Like, a piece of my brain just sloughed off thinking of all that right now. <laughs> Oh, Arthur's job okay, is to Arthur. review things and to find the right person for the review and, and, and make it all happen. And to yeah. lay them out. Yeah. So, uh, last week I saw Call of Duty. Obviously, the embargo lifted on that this week. Right. And uh, I think Black Ops 2 looks kind of cool. I thought it looked really cool, I think too. It and it's way more interesting than Black Ops. And did. I totally meant it in my preview. It wasn't just to hook people. When I said it's one of the most frightening things I've seen in a long time. Like, mm-hmm. I visibly felt uncomfortable. Like, like really actually kind of sad mm-hmm. when I was in a game presentation. And not sad because I was like, that was touching. I was like, because they showed us that scare commercial that mm-hmm. they have that I think they showed during the NBA game. That's just, like, fucked up. It's, like, playing the really bad, uh, like, everything's going to shit music from 28 Days Later. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, this really quick cuts about the future of warfare and fucking robots killing people and stuff. And I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> I will say, like, one thing kind of turns me off about it um and it bothers me on an ethical level which is that they're paying oliver north money like oh. as a consultant on this and that guy's yeah. a giant scumbag i don't know anything about oliver north yeah you you just take arthur's word for it he's right um giant the guy's a giant scumbag he was like the iran contra yeah thing, did right? you ever you actually you might have been too young do you remember the iran contra stuff yeah i do but i but so i guess you know the reason they're consulting with him obviously i'm not justifying it yeah. i'm saying it's just because as far as people that have done black ops right he, he was, was a involved cold warrior them. exactly yeah. which is what they this game is right about so um you know yeah and i think i think uh you know the game definitely looks better than previous Call of Duty's, like not leaps and bounds better. But when I st- I played Black Ops over the weekend, the first one, just to kind of get an idea of some and look at some of the differences. And man, there are some clear differences in like the some of the facial mapping and stuff that they're I mean, doing now. Even yeah. Modern Warfare Three was kind of a big jump from Modern Warfare it, Two. It was, and I you know it's just it's one of those things that it's hard for you to realize unless you like see them both. Well, it's sometimes. kind of funny because you know I was looking at the the Black Ops Two trailer. And I was just thinking to myself, like, this still kind of looks like, you know, animation and texture tech and stuff from, like, I don't know, three or four years ago. 
At times, yeah. yeah. Um, it, does, it doesn't look that modern or updated. And I'm not saying that it even has to to have a good story or be a good game. I was just a little bit surprised. Yeah, it's pretty interesting, right? The story in this one, written in conjunction, their lead writer working directly with David Goyer from the start. Hmm. Like, you know... Um, Scribe of such hits as Blade 3. And also the Dark Knight. I know he's when you look at his legacy, you're like, what? Okay, Uh-oh. so on the record, and this will clearly ruin my career for saying so, I enjoyed Blade 3. Okay, so I'll go on the record right alongside you, Arthur. I liked every Blade movie that came I out. I remember Blade 3. I, I remember It was the one, one with Ryan he wrote, Reynolds. He wrote, um, he actually wrote all of them. He wrote and directed the third one. Right. So, remember, and things like Dark Knight and stuff, one. to be fair, he didn't actually write. He mm-hmm. had a... Uh, Did he script? He had story credits. Like, he mm-hmm. came up with the big picture story, but the dialogue and stuff was... Was that Nolan? I think, yeah, it was someone It was else. Nolan and his brother. So, it, but, you know, he's, like, responsible for creating Heath Ledger's version of the Joker. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he's he's obviously... He knows what he's doing, right? So, they People got... People keep giving him money. Your cat is going crazy. So, they got... Anyways, they got this guy involved. And obviously, he, you know, he's a good person. To have involved. <laughs> How involved is he? Uh, David Goyer? Yeah. Uh, he was involved from the start. I mean, as soon as they finished Black Ops 1, they said that he came to them and was like, look, I want to be like... Like, he wasn't on the project from day one on Black okay. Ops 1. So, and so then he was like, I want to be on this one from the start. So I think the question that everyone wants the answer to is Sam Worthington in Black Ops 2. And no one... They aren't. They specifically said they're not talking about voice talents, which says to me he's probably not fucking assholes i'm gonna guess he's probably not mm. like, i'm gonna guess there's a good chance that he is well that's true they have a lot of money <laughs> uh, so i and, and they weren't talking about voice they, talent but i definitely heard uh one of the voices is definitely the re- the older redneck brother from the walking dead the guy that oh, chops cool. off his own hand yeah, whoever yeah, that yeah. guy is he's yeah. definitely one of the voices i could just tell because he has such a distinct kind of mm. horse mm-hmm. voice you know did you see uh did you see on the you know how Steam Workshop is integrated with Skyrim to do Skyrim mods through Steam? Yes. Sure. On this on the actual Steam Workshop page, there or there's a portal to Steam Workshop thing. It was I guess done by Valve where you can put a, a little floating head in your game <laughs> and it follows you around and talks to you in Skyrim. Or a floating eyeball like the portal like the the GLaDOS eyeball, you know? Right. And uh uh it's and it said like in the Portal 2 one is really funny because it says, uh, and just because there were, you might have had one game in all of 2011 that wasn't voiced by Nolan North, we we actually added him to this game so that your Skyrim could have a Nolan North voice in it too. <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. Anyway, um, of course it was I mean, much funnier than that. Like voice talent has become part of the promotion cycle. Exactly. That's mm-hmm. why they're not talking about voice talent at this point because they want to have a, they want to, when there's like a down cycle part where they right. don't have anything to do show, but we're going to get some more press out there by talking right. about Just the voice like talent. Yeah. Whoever they get to do the main theme or whatever will invariably be like a trailer or right. something like that. Um, but yeah, the game looks, the game looks cool. Like I, I thought the level they showed was, that was the other part, right? Is like, it was obvious that the, what they showed, they intentionally showed, right? Like we all came in on like the 405 from the airport. And then what do you see? Like the, the scene they show you is like the 405 and in, in LA being just fucked by all these drones that have been taken over. And, right. and they built it. They did a really good job with their presentation of making it kind of scary. Cause they're like, you know, like in this game, the drones are all hacked and now they're attacking American targets. And just, you know, three weeks ago, the drones were, there was a virus uploaded to the drone network that fucked it all up, mm. you know? And it's like, and also, like, you know, current, a lot of current people think that, like, the, the fact that Iran got one of our drones, like, that was probably some sort of cyber attack as well, because those things fly at, like, 
super ridiculously high. So if it just lost control and crashed, it would probably be in like a bajillion pieces, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> so you know, it's just and it's interesting. Like, like I actually think they've done a really good job with the tech they're using, as far as it not looking like, like they were really like the art director guy that was speaking said he was really like adamant that nothing could be too sci-fi. Like they cut a lot of shit out because they're like, no, 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 mm. we're not going to be like starship troopers by the time <laughs> right. 2025 rolls around, you right. know, like, so a lot of the tech they have is not even like ghost recon, like levels of like, we're in the future. It's not like that. You know, right. the, the most futuristic thing I think I saw is soldiers have is they have like a, a wrist mounted, like pit boy computer basically that also shoots grenades yeah <laughs> so with, with a flexible screen yeah you know and flexible screens and stuff already exists so that's like not unbelievable to mm-hmm. me flexible touch screen like i could definitely see like soldiers at least some soldiers like commanders or something having that sort of access to that technology yeah. um yeah, and the the whole like i i just black ops 2 was my favorite call of duty game in a long time and uh, black I, ops you mean black ops yeah and uh, so I'm, I'm just really looking forward, actually, to the story part of Black Ops 2. Um, I, from a technical perspective, I'm kind of curious as to what they're doing with it, because Black Ops was probably the most narratively co- cohesive game, yeah, like, yeah. Call of Duty game. Oh, definitely. But like from a tech perspective, it was actually one of, it was the worst performing Call of Duty game in a while. Yeah, you um, could, I'm sure if you asked him about that tech, if you ever get a chance to meet him, they were talking about it, and a lot of it was over my head, but you guys could probably fucking like nerd they, out. <laughs> like all, the fire was a big thing for them in Call of Duty, in Black Ops. Mm-hmm. Like, that was something that they added to the engine, and it really screwed with performance. Right. Um, and it ran in pretty low res on the PS3. Right. Um, well, in the game, and the game... It was, you know, it was locked at, uh, it was locked at like 30 instead of 60, you know. And then that had to be a conscious choice because of the engine. No, it wasn't. Nope. It Black, was o- Black Ops didn't run at 60. It yeah, it did. It was a perceptual 60. It dropped down to like 54. They said that uh, that's always been, well, that's still one of the sacred cows that they're not allowed yeah. to touch. I mean, that's a big part of how of how Call of Duty plays is the um, 60 frames a second stuff. Yeah, I mean... It, it, oh, you know what it was? It must have been because uh, after the, I played it on Xbox, I went and I played Black Ops on my PC. And it ran like shit. And I'm sure that's it, it was me maxing out all my settings. The PC version, well, the PC version of Black Ops is really poorly optimized. Um, mm. But yeah, the game, I think, it, you know, that one has a lot of potential. Like, I thought the story stuff looked cool and the setting was interesting in it. It was really, they again, the presentation they made was just really good. Like, they showed, like, you know, first, like, this is the future. And, you know, this is the world in the future. Like, these are the things we think there will be conflict about. And they worked with this guy named Peter Singer, who's like a, you know, White House consultant to the military and stuff, blah, blah, Anyways, you know, and they, the first they pop up a map showing where all the oil is in the world. And you're like, oh, okay, it's going to be another dumb game about, like, you know, trying to fight over oil and stuff. And they're like, nope. Water. Rare earth elements is oh, like what this rare game earth is about. Element, of course. So. So China, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, you know. It, but they they said the big thing they want to do with their character is that they've they kind of in so many words said that they didn't feel like there's ever been a good villain in Call of Duty games. You know mm. they've always been kind of just agreed. Like, there's just sure. bad. He's bad because he's bad. Right. And, and well, the <laughs> thing about the Call of Duty games in a lot of ways is it was like sort of morally gray and more about like you and your friends trying to survive against yeah. this other force. And it and the Infinity Ward Call of Duty games up until four. Like there was a certain level of like sympathy, like battlefield sympathy for the other side. Sure. 
Um, and that sort of vanished with four, obviously. Um, yeah, but you know, yeah, in four and all these games, you know, you're just like, ah, oh, he's bad because he's the Russian terrorist dude. Mm-hmm. And so in this or he's one, brown. And and so in this one, yeah, in this one, they 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 uh, the the terrorist guy, they said the so you know like like they said probably less than a quarter of the game takes place in the eighties, and mm-hmm. then the rest is in twenty twenty five. And through that stuff that you're playing in the eighties, they really want to make sure that they show why this guy ended up a fucked up person. Mm-hmm. Like they don't mm-hmm. want him to just be this one dimensional. Like he's bad because he's evil. They want it to be like. Like right. I, I have the distinct impression we're going to find out that you made him this way, like through American Black Ops people. We made this guy into this bad person, right, right, right. that then lashes out in the future. So that by the time it happens in the future, you're not you're not just like ah, he's bad, he's got to die. You're like oh, well, that's, like he's bad, but I I kind of like maybe you might even sympathize in some way, you know? Right. Like well, that's that's just good. That's just paying attention to character design, you know? Right. That's that's why uh, who is the who is the evil. Uh, sword wheeling guy in Mass Effect Three, um, the guy who killed Kai Lang. Kai Lang. Oh yeah, Kai Lang. Yeah, that guy was totally like I didn't give a shit about that character. That he was he was uh, just annoying. I yeah, he I was actually, a character in the books. Like that was yeah, I know the way that they tied and they they did that in a couple spots like yeah, Kaylee. But, but the but the the game uh, but in the game itself he was not an interesting villain at all. He was just like. I am badass, and that was it. He was a little infuriating too, because he was the villain that you couldn't kill, right? Yeah. <laughs> until it was time to kill him, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah it's, that, it's interesting finding out why a villain is created, right? And, right, and exactly. how they end up fucked up. So that's kind of what they want to do with this guy. And that certain degree of sympathy just makes them so much more interesting because it increases the emotional tenor that you have with the whole product, and not just that villain. Yeah, I mean to go to Goyer's version of the Joker, right? Like. One of the reasons I thought that that Joker was so good is because you always got the impression that even though he was always lying about how he got his scars on his face and stuff, you knew that clearly something fucked had happened. To <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, he wasn't just evil. He was also not right. And right. There's kind of a certain sympathy you feel for people that you can tell they're like, they're fucked up and crazy. Right. So. Well, what it allows you to do, I think anyway, is that it allows you to root for them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like you, you still want them to lose in the end, but at the same time when they pull something off you kind of go like that was sort of badass yeah so uh, you know i have uh i have reasonably high hopes for this game mm. it looks cool and we haven't even seen multiplayer or anything well and then like uh, they told you about multiplayer right yeah it's Which all taking a- all plate all in 2025 and it's using a lot of stuff that ghost recon uh advanced warfighter tried to do yeah with drones and the like yeah yeah yeah, I got the impression there will be their version of Killstreak, so you'll be able to call in certain drones, assume direct mm-hmm. control of them, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, some guns that can see through walls, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. So, but uh, I the, hope they keep the streak system for Modern Warfare 3. Yeah, I like yeah, it. Yeah, me too. I would like that a lot, but we'll see. Um, other than that, the only other game I've been playing a lot is Arthur Helped Me Beat uh, Diablo. Nice. And Arthur only got me into Act 3, and we played quite a bit of Act 3. But when I say Arthur helped me beat Diablo, like if if Arthur had not downloaded the game, <laughs> launched it, went through the trouble of helping me open ports so we could play together, I had, I also <laughs> had to create a character. Like I created right. a character, closed the game, and then had to level her up manually. Okay, mm. or not manually, like but through like, an app. Right, right, right. A trainer of some kind or something. I mean, there's just like at this point, the game is. 11 years old. Sure, so they're character mod yeah. things. So if Arthur hadn't done all that. 
there was no way I was going to beat Diablo 2. Because Duriel, the Duriel fight had had me so... I haven't been that livid at a game in so long. Or at least, maybe livid's not right, but that exasperated by a game. Like, I was just like, I'm at my fucking wit's end with this. And you weren't going to, like, cheat and put on god mode or something? No. Uh, well, maybe. But I really didn't want to. I really yeah. wanted to, like, have that under my belt before I play 3. And Right. But then Arthur came in and it was like, we still... He still died once. Yeah. And But we did it. So much gold. Jesus we did Christ. it. <laughs> so much gold. Way to go with that. That game's still a lot of fun. The loot grind and stuff is still good, but the bosses are pretty boring, you know, yeah. I will say, you know? Yeah. And I and I really don't like the whole system of, like, create a portal, and then you fight for a while, and then you portal out, and do it. Just, like, it's so cyclical, and kind of just, like, it's very grindy. Oh, Very, definitely. very grindy. Well, that game um, is one of the original, like... Well, not one of the original, but, it like, it's definitely... It's it's old school in that way. That being said, you know, I mean you it's have still, to love the grind it's if you're still gonna play a lot, that I, game beyond the single player storyline once. Right, and I do like the grind to an extent. Just I'm saying not the teleport back to town stuff grind. Like I uh, like the grind of clicking on everyone and killing everything in the whole zone. Uh-huh. You know, like I love that shit. Uh, <laughs> right. Um Right, right, right. Yeah, that game's still a lot of fun, you know, but I, I having played three more recently, like I do have high hopes for three with some of this the system they're using for health globes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, I do hope that three is a little, maybe a little bit harder than it was in the beta because I feel like the beta was pretty easy. Did so. you ever play the beta without playing it with a group of people? That's the only way I played it the first time. Like I had never played with people until oh, like when I haven't I did. played it with people either. So I thought it was pretty easy. What do you guys? Uh, just a question. What are you guys planning on playing when three comes out? Demon Hunter. Okay, I think I'm gonna it's do the ranged class. I think I'm gonna do the witch doctor because I haven't sold. I'm, so, I'm always typical barbarian, run and kill everything. You want to turn? Yeah. Thing, you want to call down frogs? Yeah, I, I <laughs> thought it was, and I think it's so awesome that you can call in one big frog that just eats <laughs> right. guys. I played the uh, uh, I played the the monk in the beta. I will say I've seen some of the high level monk armor. It's some of the most badass looking. Mm. Right on. So, so yeah. You know, I'm, I might play the monk just because uh, I like the fact that he's a, a damage dealer and a healer at the same time. That's yeah, always fun. He's kind of the only healer, really. I mean, well, everyone. I has, guess I didn't think about that, but yeah, but yeah, like you know, like there is no like cleric this time right. around or yeah, anything yeah, like yeah, that. Um, so. Something I realized playing it with Anthony is that initially I was one of the people that was just like, "They're getting rid of potions. It's fucking bullshit." <laughs> and then after playing with Anthony, I'm like, man, potions suck. Yeah, they super suck. Yeah. Uh, granted, I am a little concerned about how that affects loot. Because belts, belts were kind of a big progression mm. in, in Diablo 2. Mm-hmm. Like, that was definitely over time you would get belts with more capacity. That was a and, big deal, yeah. yeah. And that was kind of a big deal. Like, on the first playthrough, anyway. Mm. Like, halfway, until halfway through the game. Um, but yeah, potions suck. <laughs> yeah, I was I was just like when I'm sitting here spamming on a boss, being like I'm more paying more attention to how I'm cycling my potions rather than how I'm fighting this guy. True. So also, I really like the way they're handling abilities a lot better in Diablo three. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, because in Diablo one two, it's like I can put them on my mouse buttons and stuff, but it wasn't so easy to just pop through them. They've learned a lot, obviously, from things like WoW. And, oh, definitely. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that, that's 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 really all I've been playing in the last week, which is which makes me kind of sad. Yeah, because I still barely gotten into like the hard levels at this point in trials. So mm-hmm. I, I I plug away at like three of those a night. Right, so. <laughs> that's about it. Yeah, 
I love uh, that game's so good though. I haven't even started it. Like I said, for me, it's been all about tribes, 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 tribes. Like every time I sit down and I think, all right, well, I'm going to turn on my Xbox and put in my trials code. I just look at the my PC desktop and there's this tribes icon sitting right there. How much stuff with the amount of tribes you've played have you been able to buy? Uh, quite a bit. I'm like. 62% into the Sentinel because that was the class I started the most stuff with. And actually that when I bought like $10 or $20 worth of gold in the beta, I spent a lot of it on Sentinel stuff anyway. The Sentinel is a sniper. Okay. And that's interesting that you like to play the sniper that much. I love playing the sniper. That's yeah. like my that was like my least favorite. See, that's the funny thing is like in Tribes uh, Tribes 2, I really loved playing the sniper in that too. And like when I first started it in tribes of sin i didn't think it was going to be that fun but like i've really gotten into it and like i totally understand now why there's only one level of zoom on the sniper rifle because that thing is like it's it's a beast it's menacing at like long and and you get you do get really good at that tiny little dot in your screen like putting it on a guy that's like you know maybe 10 pixels tall at 1920 by 1080 resolution and you're still hitting them from like all the way across the map and then you get you know you upgrade your you upgrade the sniper rifle so that his damage fall off is minus 20 percent so you're still hitting people from way far away you know it's uh and it becomes really really enjoyable especially because like back in the tribes two days you had to lead people a lot in order for your and based on the amount of lag that you had in order to hit people it's like quake yeah and well in in this game uh not only do the servers uh, on at least all the west coast ones have really good pings too anyway but it has modern predictive or modern you know like client uh client privileged code where if you hit them on your screen you hit them even if lag would make it so that you normally wouldn't yeah I, I that game just does a and so far I've always felt like you like the classes you get when you just buy it for or buy it, get it for free. I, I totally think they're mm-hmm. competitive. Like they I, definitely I, are. Like even with like because the other ones you can buy, they like they like add a few interesting things and whatnot. But but I don't feel like any of them are like like oh man, I just got to have that one because they're so much better than other ones. Like yeah, they're not like clear winners over the ones that come with the default free package. Right. Like I started playing the Juggernaut for a while too, so I unlocked a bunch of stuff with the Juggernaut cuz I actually ran out of experience points that I wanted to spend on the Sentinel cuz I cuz when I first paid to buy gold in the game, I just bought the phase rifle, so I haven't bothered to upgrade, the, you know, the default weapon and stuff like that and right i don't care about the frag grenade um i really like the claymore um and i don't care about the i don't use the uh the sensor jammer pack because i think they've actually they made a bad decision with the sensor jammer if somebody puts down a sensor jammer it does keep the little arrow from popping up over your head and sort of obscures your body a little bit in kind of this like tv static kind of way right but if you look at it from afar, you know how you can see like base turret or somebody's uh Right, it tells you sensor jammer. It tells you sensor jammer and it's like, dude, there's gotta be somebody standing right there. <laughs> so yeah. it's like the sensor jammer needs to jam itself. That's that's kind of a problem right now. So I don't even bother using it. And I so you know, I have all of the energy upgrades, like with the ultra capacitor and ultra capacitor two perks. And I also all like that, that, that all the class buffs you buy and weapon buffs you buy can only be bought with experience. Right, like I like that you can buy that you can buy a class and you can buy a weapon with money, but mm-hmm. you can't you don't get the best one of them until you actually sit down and like earn it. Right, so. exactly, and they're clearly like 
they're clearly weapons that they just want you to have to spend gold on. Uh, yeah, like all they're, the, they're like, like they're like a hundred thousand experience, exactly. Which is like basically any if you want any of the juggernaut stuff that's not default, they're all a hundred thousand. And it, I guess it must just be because the juggernaut is such a death dealer in certain. And I'll locations. say, without a VIP account, I was earning maybe four hundred experience per game. Yeah, the VIP definitely helps. I haven't bought any boosts yet. Um, just because I'm I'm earning experience at a fast enough rate that I don't really with the need. VIP you pretty much get plus thirty percent experience yeah like, so yeah. it really does help it does it definitely helps um, and you know there's a few things that I think people haven't caught on to I yet. tried to download all these things but I spent so much time playing Diablo with you that I didn't have time to download those <laughs> games. yeah I still haven't tried Super Monday Night Combat for that reason yeah. I'm I, actually I tried to kinda... sign up for Firefall too but uh, really? I signed up for the beta and didn't get in mm. I'm kind of tired of Super Monday Night Combat already. Like uh, well, Super Monday Night Combat is tired of you, Matt. Probably is, and you know it may just be because I'm I'm so into tribes right now. Super, I think that might have something to do. With yeah, it. I think that does have something to do with it. And because uh, when I do play Super Monday Monday Night Combat, I am, I freely acknowledge that it's a great game. The uh, the next game that I'm actually really excited for free to play games. Uh, one of them, anyways, is Smite because it's the tribes people. So I'm curious to see how that oh, game yeah. turns out. Definitely. I think there's already a beta for that going on. Well, shit. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of uh, betas starting up really soon. Yeah. So. Well, yeah. I think one of the things about tribes that people haven't really caught on to yet is uh, how fucking amazing it is. Yeah, that's part of it. <laughs> it's, uh, this podcast the, is sponsored by. I know is the ability to actually sort of set up a remote base because um, that was a big thing in tribes too. You know, it was like setting up a remote base and like really. In Tribes Ascend, you would have to have a lot of teamwork in order to make this happen. And it's the kind of thing, because anybody can get the uh, the call down where you can call down an inventory station. Right, I do that pretty often. Yeah. And so what you would need is you'd need, uh, you need uh, one of the, I can't remember which one it is, the engineer class that has the base turrets defense. Right. You'd need one of those. You'd need somebody uh, to call down uh, an inventory station, and you'd need somebody to just kind of hang out and guard it. If not, like the engineer, then like probably uh, you know a a, a uh, it's not a juggernaut. It's the it's the juggernaut that has the missile launcher. Right, um, it's the base one. Is what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he has a he has a missile launcher and he has a a, a fusion uh, mortar. Well, no, he has a missile launcher and he has a chain gun. Oh, and he and he can set up Doom the Doombringer. I think the Doombringer. Yeah, and he can set up the walls. You know, right? Um, so I mean, like if you if you got three guys together, and I've seen three guys like roll around the map and like take all the capture points in in that. It's like any multiplayer game. If you, even you have a small group of guys that are working together, they're going to be able to basically dominate in a, yeah. in a random map. I will say in tribes, it's a little hard to work together as a team sometimes, though, because when you're all flying all over the map, yeah. it's hard to fly around together. It's true, <laughs> but you know, like I have yet to see people really kind of coordinate and create uh, a base away from any of the main areas. And maybe it just isn't worth it. Maybe there isn't enough health with the items or anything like that. But I kind of don't even see any people trying. And I'm wondering if like that'll start to materialize over time. Because those are some of the things that I actually really miss about Tribes 2. Because they, they imported so much of the good stuff from Tribes 2. There's just a few things that are missing. Yeah, I have a feeling once we start encountering high-level... High level, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Anthony's cat is like destroying his house down the hallway. We can all hear it. I left a paper bag out <laughs> her because she likes to play with it and someday she just can right now she decides I this thing fucking's gotta go down so uh, uh i think that's the type of thing that we'll see once there's like more clan play yeah. going on 
And I and I'm wondering about how much they're going to expand the game too, because like I, you know, I don't have the time to follow their forum posts or anything. No, like and I that, can't but. really like. I already feel like there's enough classes, right? Do we like need more loadouts or something? Like, I mean, maybe more levels, right. but. Like, I don't feel like there's necessarily the need for more classes. It's just yeah. like a wall of noise from every direction. Everything that's going wrong can go wrong, and it's mostly my cat. Um, yeah, they, they could use... Uh, I mean, basically, there's, like, more items. There's more vehicles. Like, uh, there's a lot of stuff that they really could put into the game to expand it. Um it's uh, it's just a question of how quickly they can act on it. And I don't... I wonder what their... Uh, what their sales numbers are like too for people actually buying gold. Yeah. Because yeah. for me, I feel like I'm getting enough experience for the classes that I enjoy playing that like, and I want to play so much that if anybody's sort of addicted to it, like I am, they're going to be getting enough experience that maybe they're going to be able to resist actually buying gold. But every now and then I'll be like, all right, I'm going to buy gold uh, just to, you know, contribute to the cause. Are we talking about tribes? Yeah. yeah. Still? Okay. You yeah. buy gold. Gold is their in-game currency. Yeah. Okay. It's the high-res yeah. in-game the, currency. Or the, the paid-for currency. Yeah, the paid-for currency. So. so, anyway. Oh, PAX Prime is entirely sold out. If you didn't buy tickets, fuck yourself. Yeah. Well, it's true. Wow. That was fast. <laughs> well, it they, were, they like went on day. sale, like, weeks when, ago. When do they start taking panel submissions? It's got to be soon, too. I don't know. I kind of... I'm thinking of submitting a panel. But that'd be... I just feel like such an asshole. Why? presuming that anybody would come to see anything I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'd come to your panel, Arthur. Right, but you would come to troll me. That's yeah, true. I was thinking I was thinking we'd just sit in the back shirtless and have your name spelled out on our chests. Art. Yeah. <laughs> um so Arthur Arthur, what have you been what have you been playing with your time? Did I talk about finishing the Witcher? Mm, last week yeah i I think you might i think you might have okay yeah i finished the witcher okay i reviewed bloodforge i thought i know i talked about bloodforge yeah yeah that game has a really 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 low average um go about i keep seeing risen 2 pop up on my steam account yeah i played a little bit of risen 2 a few weeks ago Mm. um nothing special well, it's definitely something particular. Like mm. there aren't a lot of pirate games out there, first yeah. of all. Right. Um and there should be, damn it. It's a more approachable Eastern Europe RP, RPG in the vein of things like Two Worlds Two and the original Risen. Yeah, it's like um, the most approachable thing Piranha Bytes has probably ever made. Right. Interesting. Um so I think that like we gave it a seven. I I only played it for a couple of hours, mm. but I think that there it's there is meat on that bone. Like there is stuff to do in that game like if you played stuff like two worlds 2 and were even moderately interested in it i think that risen 2 could be something worth checking out um <laughs> it's busted in a lot of ways uh just watching um kevin van ord from GameSpot play it on twitter uh like there are a lot of moments he hit where he got stuck or had to basically go back like two hours to an old save because there's stuff that's just broken. That's like an immediate hate for me. Um, <clears throat> so maybe wait for a patch. Yeah. But it seems like it's it's worth checking out. Um, uh, played Starhawk, which I can't talk much about. Yeah. Um, when when will people be able to read about Starhawk? Monday, I think. Monday. I think that's the embargo. 
When does the game actually come out? Tuesday. Okay. I, I mean, that's when it, it comes out at retail. No, I just was wondering, if it, I was just wondering if it was like one of those dumb Sony lead times where they're like, here's the reviews a month before it comes out. No, this <laughs> is the opposite. Okay. Uh, it's not enough time. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I, I feel bad for Starhawk because I kind of feel like Sony cut the throat of that game's hype a couple months ago. How so? So when even when a beta is not really a beta, it's like a demo. Mm-hmm. It's still it's for everything where it's been successful. It's always been a very time limited thing right. to generate interest. It's like, well, this is going away, so I better try it. Right. Uh, but Sony just sort of threw the demo out there or threw the beta out there for months. For months. Mm. And originally, you needed to buy Uncharted three to get in, and then they just opened it to anybody. Mm. So you basically people have been playing that game for free for two months. Right. And now they're going to release it. Weird. Uh, and I, and honestly, the trajectory of a non AAA multiplayer titles community typically is a couple of months. Yeah. At exactly. the outset. Like, yeah. and, and that's good. Yeah. Like for there to be games a couple of months after it comes out. Right. So for a game that's so clearly driven C-war for Cybertron. Yeah. That game, that game's audience was gone in like two weeks. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was crazy. Uh, which is too bad because I really like that game's multiplayer. Me too. Um, but, uh, for them for especially for a game that's so multiplayer focused and i mean i will say this like multiplayer is the reason that you would play starhawk um it's just weird to me that they're they just let all of the hype for that game just bleed mm-hmm. like bleed out over mm-hmm. the course of a couple of months yeah i will say when i first heard about it and i went to the reveal then i was like cool and then since then i've just been like oh Where? yeah oh yeah <laughs> oh, yeah that's coming out <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> and this isn't unusual necessarily like Sony just has problems seemingly using the strategies that other developers and publishers have used so successfully to hype their products. Yeah. It's, um, it's weird that there's like a certain fatigue often in the Sony products I wore by the end. I'm like, all right already. Like they did the same thing with the uncharted three multiplayer beta. They put it out and they just left it up. Hmm. Like, so people were playing multiplayer for months before that game came out. Yeah. And that's strange to me. Uh, when you think about it, the most successful betas are stuff like Halo, where it's like two weeks. Halo or Gears Call of, of Duty or Gears of War, and all of those were very short beta periods. Where you felt like were, you had to come home and play yeah. it every yes, day. Exactly, and well, that got people really excited for the game when it came out. Yeah. Well, and a big problem with leaving your multiplayer up for months is that when the game actually comes out, you're going to have a bunch of people that are super fucking good at it, and they're going to wipe the floor with all the new players. Yeah. So, so yeah, uh, that's just really strange to me and it's really unfortunate because I mean, whether the game is good or not, like people work really hard. Yeah. And it was a new studio made to do this and they're obviously, I mean, if you, if you follow Dylan Job on Twitter, which I do, the dude is like super duper passionate about it and you know, and Mm -hmm. loves his team. Is he at Lightbox or Sony Santa Monica? Lightbox. He's a Lightbox. Because Sony Santa Monica's name is on this game as well. Uh, well, yeah, they, it wouldn't surprise me if they helped out with a QA and stuff. Lightbox is so small, they don't have much of a QA department, I don't think. From a visual perspective, it looks like uh, <laughs> it looks like every other Sony first-party game that's not Uncharted or Killzone. Hmm. In what way? Uh, like, there is a look to games like Infamous 2 and Infamous and other Sony first-party games that are not Uncharted. Um, hmm. Like, does that make sense? I like, think just so. Just this sort of aesthetic quality. 
Uh, I mean, I definitely thought the first time I saw the character, he reminded me of Cole from Infamous, like yeah. just like the way he looked and the fact that he has blue, blue glowy stuff on him. So <laughs> yeah. it's my favorite kind of glowy stuff. So so yeah, um, played some of that that I can't really talk about. Uh, trials, play a little bit of Trials. Trials is fun. Trials is infuriating. <laughs> uh, I didn't realize that even if your time is better than other people's times, faults will will hurt you in right. the ranking. And and you know one thing I will say is is I wish I need I think I need to turn off uh, ghosts. ranking ghosts oh, because ghosts. when I'm playing trials and I see everyone oh, ahead of me, every, you I'm like so mad. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All the time. Yeah, I uh, I do the same thing. Uh, so especially when I see like you and Peter and all these other people, and you're just like passing me up. I'm like, ah, fuck, man. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really frustrating. Like because almost everybody on my friends list plays that game. <laughs> so it's yes. just like there's like 20 bikes. Yeah, right. 20 at, right, white dots. Right at the outset, it's just a blur of names, right. and then like at the first point where people start crashing, it's like it's like three just pull Hanna, away. It's like that Hanna Barbera cartoon <laughs> yes. of like the Great Race, where it's all the different people from other different cartoons and it's just like oh well who's gonna fall out of the race from some stupid thing now yep so uh, <laughs> i i might have to turn those off just because on the hard levels now i'm just like constantly restarting the whole level because i'm like fuck you right I, I had a sad moment though where i almost jumped into the um the level creator just to check it out and i thought to myself what are you doing you don't have time to get into this. You, and not only do you not have time now, you will never have time to get into this. Yeah, mm. probably. Your life is spoken for in virtually every regard. You know what? I would really like a reason to play again. My Vita. Just thinking about that. That's <laughs> well, they need to come out with more games. I know. It's just I I, mean, to be fair. There's not a ton of games coming out for anything except for the PC. No, I know. It's just I don't feel like I have that much to play on my Vita. Right now. Mortal Kombat just came out for Vita, and it's pretty good. Oh yeah, it's the most responsive Vita game by far. Even the mini games and the mini games were a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I guess we uh, we all haven't been playing all that much in the last week. I'd like to play Blacklight. I the, downloaded it. The next game I really want to play is uh, Lone Survivor. I keep hearing good things about that, including mm. from coworkers. So, mm, yeah, I got Prototype Two in the mail and haven't played it. I don't think I'm going to. No, I don't like the first Prototype. Yeah, it was okay. Well, take a break. That's all, folks. Letter. Um. So, do you want me to read that tweet that we were just talking about? Well, you can if you want the Skyrim one. Yeah, sure. Uh, G Swall on Twitter. <laughs> G Swall says, "Are any of you still into Skyrim enough to play new DLC?" 
Um, if there was, I would be fucking playing it right now. A thousand times, yes. It is more would, important to me than your life. I would, I would be like, sorry, we're not recording Rebel FM because I'm playing Skyrim DLC. But I'm, does, I'm wondering if he, if he also maybe means like, because uh, you know, when I see like DLC, random bullshit, yeah, like random Steam Workshop stuff. For I'm people. not interested in what some dude in his in his bedroom or office is making. But see, the thing is, is his I think is if I. I, well, yeah, I think, but I think if I wasn't playing Tribes right now, like I probably would do that because every now and then I would go into Skyrim when I was playing it and just like Skyrim Nexus and stuff like that and see what they were. And then like when the Steam Workshop stuff got integrated, that's when I started looking at all that. And I was like, sweet, really easy way to download and install like user generated stuff. But yeah, most of it is stuff that I just don't give a shit about. I mean, what I really want is I want somebody to do what they what always happens is there's always one or two really great like giant mod projects out there that actually make it to completion and those are the ones that I really want to that I really want to keep an eye out for and give those a shot when they come out totally I don't care um I've never played like a mod for a Bethesda game because I'm always just so ass deep in the Bethesda game. Well, by the time I, you get done with the Bethesda I'm game, how like, many hours have you put in? Oh, yeah. I'm just like wiping the Bethesda filth off of me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think my final total in Fallout 3 was like 140 so That's what hours. I'm saying. By the time you do that, you're like, well. No, wait, no. Fallout 3 was like 85. Oblivion was 100 and... You were like 150, man. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, New Vegas was a personal best of like 45 or 50. Uh, because once that game is over, it's over, and mm-hmm. I it locks you into the end game. Yeah, right. it does. Uh, Tell, yeah, you're just like this is it, and all of the DLC. No, I mean, none of the DLC looked good. All of it looked bad. I played all of it, and I liked a lot of it. I think I talked about it a lot. We've of also it on the talked podcast. about this. You like New Vegas more than Fallout Three, and I like Fallout Three yeah. more than New Vegas. Yes, to the point where I almost this week just said fuck it and started playing fallout 3 again <laughs> and i spent at least five minutes a day for the last three days thinking about playing fallout 3 <laughs> and being like i can't do this and how much I'm fu- i was fucking obsessed with that game yeah it is really good eddie writes i have a small concern oh i'm playing on get i'm planning on getting diablo 3 but i am debating on getting either the game or the collector's edition the reason for this is because I have never played Diablo 2. I was just wondering if I should buy 2 now and marathon it to prep for Diablo 3. Uh, or should I wait and get the collector's edition that has 2 with it wow. and play it then? Well, having done this Would it be recently, worth playing 3 after I beat 2 or should I play 2 after? Uh, having done this recently, Anthony, what do you have to say? Um, it's fun to play 2 beforehand. It's a, it'll be a good prep so you can be like... Wow, they made a lot of improvements. Yeah, it's going to be real hard to go back to two after playing three, I think. Yeah. That would be kind of my impression, too, is that like if you play the latest and greatest, then went back, you'd be like, oh, if only it did this. Yeah, and there are plenty of reasons to get the collector's edition on top of the the thumb drive with Diablo 2 on it. Mm. So I would say, why not? If you don't have anything else to play. If you got the money. And you want to marathon it, you can get through it in about a, in about a week. I will probably... I. I've pre-ordered the collector's edition because I'm reviewing it, but I never assume that I'm ever getting a collector's edition. Oh, I I don't even I don't even plan on getting anything free for Diablo when it comes to that. I I'm, yeah, um, even as the person reviewing it, I'm like a super fan. Um, I have a I'll probably just give away the serial number to Diablo. Yeah, two and Lord of Destruction that comes in it because I have that stuff and it's already on their website. That is the most convenient 
thing in the history of PC gaming is downloading Diablo and playing it. Diablo 2 <laughs> and, and Lord of Destruction. Oh, yeah, all the Blizzard it. stuff, now that I have my like, keys there. I'm just it's like... It's just like, oh, yep, I'll just download this from anywhere. Yeah. 7,000 times, it doesn't matter. I know, it makes <laughs> me sad I lost my Warcraft 3 discs. So. Oh, yeah. Ashley writes in... Uh, You're not going to read Anthony read my fucking message, pretty please? <laughs> <laughs> it's the one right above the one you just read. <laughs> Maybe my email's wrong. Like, I'm in the Rebel uh, FM letters. Refresh. I don't, I don't see that. Okay. I, I wasn't avoiding that. Oh, hey, oh, there it is. Okay. <laughs> I've written in like 18 times. Nothing has been read. This is, this is by Proximo. Proximo. Can you give us the lowdown on when you think you're going to do the next game club? I need a little notice so I can get the system and game ready. Uh, yeah, we'll probably do the next game club around 2016. <laughs> you can buy an Xbox 720 by then. I don't know. <laughs> if things maybe slow down in July or August. Yeah. I mean, I, I loved doing game club. It was so awesome. It was just... At the oh, time, it was just a lot of it became work. work. Yeah. yeah. Like, it, became, it, it really was a lot of extra work. Because a lot of times I was like a bad student yeah, and I would put it all off until the night before and I'd be like, fuck, well now I gotta play fucking four hours of this game tonight. Which is like a good example of how it became like homework to do and with everything else going on. It's just hard. And it's hard like when you have, when it's not just one person but it's like four people and like scheduling around that. Like there were so many snafus and missed weeks with Game Club because we just like people didn't get around to playing it or they forgot or they didn't realize how far you're supposed to play. It's a logistical nightmare, but it's awesome. It is. Yeah. Everyone enjoys doing them. It's a logistical nightmare. Um, so Ashley did actually go back going back to Ashley's letter. Sorry. She says, maybe I missed an episode or maybe (laughs) you didn't speak much on journey. Did you guys play it? Like it? Love it. Uh, personally, it's my current game of the year for 2012. You may have missed an episode, but no, we've never talked about Journey. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, you know, I, get, I got a code, and I gave it to Ryan, because I knew Ryan O'Donnell would enjoy it a lot more than I would. My, so. uh, I feel really guilty about that. I still haven't played it. Neither have I. I, just, I haven't had time. Like, I, like Anthony and I were talking about earlier, we're like in this sort of review, preview death spiral where there's no time to do anything except for work stuff when it comes to games. And then uh, when Journey came out, it was at an unbelievably busy time in Area 5's existence. And uh, I didn't have the time to play it. And then <laughs> Tribes came out. <laughs> right. That was around when Mass Effect came out. Um, yeah. If I remember correctly. It was. And I was just like playing that as fast as I could to get the review done. And see, I really thought that when I was done with Mass Effect, I would go play Journey. But like, there was just way too much shit going on in my life. Like Tribes. Yeah. So I need to go, I need, I really, really need to play Journey because I am a That Game Company super fan. Maybe because you're so into tribes right now, you can speak to Andrew's letter. Hmm. Who writes in, I find myself unable to enjoy playing great games because in the back of my mind, I wish I was playing Call of Duty. We'll just replace Call of Duty with Tribes. <laughs> right. <laughs> I hate seeing gamers with 500 gamer score because they only play Call of Duty. Am I turning into one of them? What can I do to kick the habit? <laughs> but his part where he says, I hate, I can't enjoy playing great games because in the back of my mind, I wish I was playing Call of Duty. I can just see you being like, well, that game's out, but but Tribes. <laughs> yeah. it totally. That happens right now. I, I, so I can't speak to it because I have no answer. Yeah. It, I mean, it, I it's like asking a heroin addict, how do you kick heroin? I mean, like, the thing oh, is, you know, well, is you if do you're this and this and this, if that, you're always jumping into multiplayer games, that doesn't seem like that weird to me. Yeah. Like, I go through stints where I come home and 
I'm very le- much like this. Like for two weeks, it's all I do is come home and play, Dia- uh, play uh, World of Warcraft with my friends. Mm-hmm. Then for a while, it's like all I do is come home and play League of Legends. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't yeah, think there's definitely. anything You're going through a phase and you're going through a phase that obviously hundreds of thousands of people <laughs> go with the game. Yeah. So. Um, like, uh, I think the only way that you can kick the habit is to actually have somebody else take your Call of Duty disc from you and not le- and not allow you to play it. Uh, you have to. So basically, what I'm saying is, you have to have an intervention. <laughs> someone asked me specifically a question, but it's so specific to me. So answer it. Uh, Colin asks on reviews: How would you approach reviewing Halo Four, considering its co-op mode is going to be delivered in weekly episodes? Uh, and my response to that is that reviews are an assessment of a game's successes and failures on the day of release. Yeah, I think that's the only way you can do it. Because if you start making special cases, then you have to make a special case for every special case. Um, coverage is a living thing. Reviews are not. Yeah, you right. can continue talking and having impressions about it, right? Sure. Um, you can keep talking about games, but reviews are not that. Um, and that's... I don't know that that's a failing of reviews, but reviews do not necessarily serve as like a permanent. There's no epitaph for a game anymore unless EA takes its servers down. Um, let's see. So whatever's in there is what I would evaluate. Manny asks, "Just what are what our thoughts are on the an Elder Scrolls MMO?" I don't really care. Arthur yeah. doesn't really care. Matt. I'm kind of in Arthur's shoes. Like. I'm kind of in both your shoes where until I see it and I'm given a reason to really care, like yeah. an announcement alone, I'm like, I've I've seen plenty of MMOs come and go. Exactly. Like, I really thought Star Wars had the highest potential to be sort of the saving grace of a new dawn of MMO game design. And and nope. Nope. So it has I, lots of cool dialogue, and that's the only difference between it and every other MMO out there. That when, and lightsabers. When I started Star on Star Wars, Wars the like server that. I was on was a high uh, capacity. Mm-hmm. Now, when my coworker Charles logged into the server today, there were thirty-four people in the Imperial Hub, oh my and that's God. like that's like you know that's like yeah, that's the where hub. everybody is. Yeah, and it was just like it was like it was like a twenty-eight later's ghost town, twenty-eight later's ghost town. <laughs> there was no one except like around you have like to the cut auction off somebody's house. Somebody's arm with a machete before you brutally murdered them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just it's just, and the only people that were there of these thirty-four people were all fifties. Yeah, like, there wasn't any. It wasn't like you know, right? People were still jumping in, right? So that just makes me sad. Um, Skinny pup asks, please discuss the failure of Republic. And what it mean? What it might mean for AAA iPad games? Has it failed? Well, it doesn't it, look like it's going to hit its funding. Okay. I mean, I would really wish that it had, but I, th- I actually think that there's, I think the biggest issue with Republic's uh, first announcement is that that first video made it look like they have too much money, and people are like, "Why should I contribute to this? Because clearly, you guys have already got it taken care of." Future Kickstarter stick figure gifts. Well, not I'm only serious. that, but it's it's like I, where they're coming from and all this talent they have. You're like, you guys must have money, right? You've been right. Well, I mean, like uh, like Ryan Payton, he was. I'm sure he was being very honest in the video when he said, like, I'm pouring my life savings into this company, and uh, you know, even if he did work on Metal Gear, you know, like your life savings can go really, really quickly when you're trying to fund a game. I'm gonna I, I've met Ryan Payton before and talked with him just like not about games but about like just being dudes. 
Mm. And he's a super nice guy and a really smart dude. Um, I think it was a really big mistake for him to leave 343 before Halo shipped. Because worked on major game that's not out yet just doesn't look as good as shipped the new Halo game. Yeah, but I don't but I don't think that's why the the Kickstarter uh doesn't look like it's actually going to make it. Um I don't I mean it's it's asking for a lot of money it is It is asking for I a think, lot of money, I but it, but I really hope that it like in my heart of hearts what I want for it is I want it to rally in the last couple of days and I want it to make it. I it's, think but it's gotten that So right now it's sitting at just under half of what it needs. Right. And that's that's come up a lot over the last it, few days. What I will say is, is that I think that. I think the problem that it had initially was that it was an iOS only game. And so right. and so now that they have a PC and a Mac version, that probably helps. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying had they had that from day one, that like, you know like I don't necessarily know that the Kickstarter audience is, is necessarily wanting to contribute five hundred thousand dollars to a mobile game. You know what I mean? Well, like, I think part of it is that the Kickstarter audience and the iOS audience don't always overlap. Right. And, uh, of course, they do on occasion. Like, I mean, look at that iPhone. Uh, like, there's the, like the iPhone like little tripod piece right. project that got, you know, hundreds totally of thousands. Totally funded, yeah. What, yeah. Um, but Ryan Payton's game is also asking for, for a lot more than they were asking for. Um, but I really think that that first opening video, it struck the wrong tone. And it, it was done kind of out of order, the pieces that I would have done it in. They also, but it is cool that they got, you know, they just announced, as a matter of fact, today that they they got a, I mean, I don't really care that much about David Hayter being, doing voice talent for the game, you know? Mm-hmm. I guess that's cool, Solid Snake. But mm-hmm. I am excited that Female Shepherd's totally doing voice work for <laughs> the Jennifer game. Jennifer Hill. Yeah, Jennifer that's Hill. That's great. That's Cortana too, right? Uh, I think she is now. Is she now? So, she huh. was before. Oh, well, I didn't know that. She's great. Um, But yeah, I mean, like. I think Republic is totally an awesome project and I have every confidence in their studio to be able to pull off something incredible. But I, I'm just worried that like that that's just me knowing the people involved and that other people out there aren't going to be able to see it in time to actually get the project funded. Jen Taylor is the Cortana voice actress, not Jennifer Hale. I'm an <sighs> idiot. Uh, okay. But didn't they, did they ever change the Cortana voice actors? No. They- it's always been the same one. Oh, okay. You can't mess with that shit. It's canon. Yeah, but I thought at some point they changed it to the... the I thought... No? Nope. They even had Jed Taylor do Halsey's voice in Reach. Okay. Um, I just know... I'm sure that there would be some random person getting so mad that I fucked that up. <laughs> um... Lucas asks on an episode a few weeks back. I remember Arthur saying something about enjoying a game I'll more than you he thought one. it was good. I was going to avoid it. <laughs> I was wondering that, given that the pure experience isn't the only measure of quality, how you can decide whether a game is good. When I listen to an album, I don't think, oh, it was an enjoyable album, but the mixing on track three sort of sucked, and the reverb on track five sounded like an elephant queef. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I just experienced the album. Is it pretentious? Is it just pretensions of objectivity when we try to qualify enjoying things more than we think they are good? TLDR, what separates games for you in terms of experience versus quality of other art forms? Um, I think that there are games that I have enjoyed that were not amazing, but my enjoyment level of them was really high. Hit, the Hitman series is a really good example of that. Sure, or or see uh, Earth Defense Force 2017. Absolutely. <laughs> that was that was that, that was, was a very enjoable game, game but it had a lot of things that were really bad. 
the one that the one that gets me all the time was Codename Eagle. Like that that game. That was, was the precursor to Battlefield, right? Yeah. But and it was awful, but like the multiplayer was so much fun. Just and like its awfulness actually made the game better. Yeah. There are t- sometimes where, you know, uh yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of other ones. I guess you could even say like uh like uh, Red Dead Redemption is a game whose uh whose quality I am generally bullish on, but mm-hmm. that I just can't get into. Mm-hmm. And that's almost all of Rockstar's games. Mm. Um like I understand why people like them and I can give them credit for those things, but I don't enjoy them. What do you think is going to happen with Max Payne 3? Uh, I hope that the shooting is better than any Rockstar game has been since Max Payne 2. <laughs> yeah, good point. Ever, um, EverQuest was a game I didn't think it was very good, but it was really enjoyable. Right. Yeah, there you go. Um, see, we all have them. Let's see. Anything else? Um, uh, I think some games are better made than others, and some games like like sort of pander to things that we enjoy rather than being well made. Mm. Like enslaved might be one of those where the game is not so well made, but it's so well written and so well presented that it overcomes some of those gameplay flaws. Yeah. At least my mind. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's legit. Yo. Um, PV shut up. I don't know. I think some stuff can be like a hint of objectivity can be applied. Like this game's controls are super laggy. Yeah, like that's, that is, like, objectively bad. That is a fact, like, right. for some games. Um, or this game's frame rate is really bad, and it makes it difficult to do things. Mm-hmm. That's not an opinion. That's that's a fact. Yeah. <laughs> this okay. game crashed to the desktop to me 12 times. I'm going to read this one from... Oh, Mike. so you played Fez? <laughs> Michael Tor Michael, he writes in and says, uh, he says... This is my first time writing in. I've listened since episode one. Thanks. Wow. Um, thank you. He says he wanted to ask about Minecraft. He said, can you suggest any good Minecraft mods to spice up single player? I don't have any friends who play Minecraft and I'm not too terribly interested in multiplayer with strangers. I currently use Yogbox, which is awesome, but doesn't seem to be compatible with other mods I'm interested in trying. So what are some of the mods and collections you have or have enjoyed? Is there a make a friend mod? Um, second, <laughs> is there any news about Minecraft for consoles aside from its release date? Local online. Well, it comes out next week, so you don't have to wait that long. I'll, the embargo have, is Monday. There will be more information available Monday for a lot of places. Maybe not for me, um, but I will say one. Of the, a lot of the mods that I think are the coolest are the ones like, uh, like I think it might be called Industrial Craft or something. Anyways, you can find them if you go to the Minecraft forums. Uh, but like the if you go to the the Minecraft forums, it, it actually goes to like a homepage. Before it goes to the forums, and the homepage is actually curated like content, and they actually do a really good job of picking out really awesome mods. Oh, cool! And uh, one of them is like this one. I think it might be called Industrial Craft, and basically it adds all this new shit in machines you can build to basically automate your world. So Matt, when he played in our server, yeah. would like do things like create farmland and have like your 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 patch. Like you were very you were like early like mechanical farmer very early but this game allows you to do like really complex stuff like uh like you can create uh a box that then creates a miner and as long as he has materials this little drone will go and make like a like a three by three tunnel and just go until he can't go anymore and will constantly when he's full bring back shit to this box 
wow. and just fill up boxes of shit. So when you get back, it's like someone made a mine for you. Right. Wow, there's, also, there's also one where you can set up like girders and then a, like a diamond pick just comes down and picks out a ground and creates a giant quarry for you. <laughs> cool. Uh, or, and these are all powered machines. So you have to actually like make fuel lines for them. You have to process oil for fuel. Like it's like, wow. It adds where do you just, get the oil from? You tap oil reserves because it creates oil reserves in the world as well. <laughs> That's cool. So yeah, there's just like, you know, it turns it, it turns it into a, like a future game almost. Cause now you're mm-hmm. having to, you have to make sure that you have water pipes running to keep your engines actually cool. So that's cool. Yeah. There's just like, those are the things that to me make the game interesting all over yeah. again. Yeah. So I would recommend those. Like, I wouldn't say that there are things that spice it up in the sense that, that where you would want to play without friends. Cause anything like the left for dead mods they have in Minecraft and stuff, those require other right, people. Right. So. so like, I, I don't follow Minecraft's development. Um, you know, it's one of those things where I go through phases where I play it for like obsessively for a little while right, and, and then I don't never play touch it at all. Yeah. And then I play it obsessively and then I don't play it at all. And so it just, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems to me like Minecraft's development is really, really slow. Haphazard is the word <laughs> I might apply to it. It's really slow. And I kind of don't understand <laughs> why it's so slow. It seems like, especially with the power of m- the stuff that people put in mods, it doesn't seem to me like the game should really be that difficult to develop new content for, and yet it comes out so rarely and so slowly. That's another small studio. Yeah. Small studio with a hell of a lot of money. For a small studio. Yeah, but I mean, enough that... I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, where where's the money going? Notch. <laughs> well, it's going towards the fact that they... Uh... They bought a whole new office in in Stockholm, and like, and I mean, like, bought it had like no walls in it. And like there was they, a lawsuit for a long time too. They furnished about it. That scrolls. Thing. Um, they furnished a whole new office. They've hired on a lot of staff. Hats are expensive. They so at this point they're supporting continued development of Minecraft, continued development of the wireless one, yeah. as well as development of Scrolls, which is like their next company game. Right, right. So it could just be that it took them a while to get started, and now we'll start seeing stuff pop up quicker. Yeah, and at this point, they just take their time because they fucking can, right? Yeah, So I get that too. Um, Daryl writes in and he says, he says, I love the first Mercenaries. I also love Mercenaries 2. That's an example of a game that wasn't very good that I liked. I've been watching my friend play Far Cry 2, which reminded me of those games in some ways and really made me want a new Mercenaries game. He says, am I the only one that wants another Mercenaries? Who holds that license? Is there any chance that we might ever get a new Mercenaries game? I feel like Just Cause is the closest to a uh, new mercenaries game you're gonna get that's true yeah but i I don't know that's an ea game right they hold the license yes well mercenaries had like destruct the second one had destructible buildings didn't the the first one did too first one did too i couldn't remember i feel like it did yeah probably did like we'll say destructible buildings with air quotes right it was sort of canned yeah Um, play red faction gorilla if you haven't yeah Uh, that might scratch some of the same itch I don't know if we'll ever see another one. I would assume that we won't. Pandemic has largely been dissolved. No, I'm just saying, like, you know, EA holds a license in theory. I guess they could. They might reboot it at some point, but it'll be a very different game. Mm. Uh, Rally writes in and says, Sniper Elite version, or V2. I was just wondering if any guys have played it, and if so, what were your thoughts? Nope. 
I nope. we didn't get review code for it. Okay. Is that uh, the sequel to the game you reviewed, Arthur? No, that would be Sniper Ghost Warrior 2, which runs on CryEngine 3. Sorry. Excuse me for being confused on these <laughs> sniper games. Uh, I have one from Brad Monerjan, okay. which for some reason, when I see his name, I think Boner Jam. <laughs> Monerjan. <laughs> hey, gang. I've been listening to you. Okay, dick sucking. Uh, I often hear Arthur make comments regarding a game's frame rate. This may sound utterly ridiculous, but I'm wondering how do you know what a frame rate is? How do you know what frame rate a game runs at? Mm. Do you have software running alongside a game stating its frame rate? I will always give away or man, I cannot read tonight. <laughs> I will give away my ignorance even further by asking why is 60 frames per second considered optimal performance? Well, it actually like it depends I, I on the game. I won't speak for you, Arthur, but I, but for me, it's just from having played games for so long, I can look at something and tell about what frame rate it's running at yep. just by looking at it. I'm not necessarily able to do that as well because I, I don't think I'm as savvy about that as you guys. I know I'm not as savvy about that as you guys, but uh, for me, I don't think 60 frames is optimal all the time. It can be 30. Like if it's set to run at 30 and it's developed for 30. Can... Okay. The reason that people think 60 frames is optimal is because for most games, controller response is tied. Like the number of times that the game pulls the controller to find out what you're doing is tied to the number is tied to a frame. So if a game is 60 frames a second, it's pulling the controller 60 times a second. That's especially important in fighting games um, where like the number of frames that a move takes actually can decide whether or not you hit or your opponent right. hits. Right, um, but when I play something like Gears or Crisis, I'm like, you know, I don't have any problem with it running at like a, you know, 30. Right, but right. I mean that depends on the game sometimes. Yeah. Like Killzone 2 ran at roughly between 25 and 30 frames a second and the controllers were super or the controls were super laggy. And a lot of people sort of said, well, that's the, that's feel, you know, they want everything to feel weighty, but it was just a lot of input lag on the controller. Here, Matt, quickly answer this question for him. No. He also asks, how can a movie be in HD if it was never originally filmed in HD, such as Battleheart, Braveheart that came out in 1993? Just to quickly explain this to him. Because it actually is filmed on film. <laughs> And it's not it's uh, it's not filmed it's not in a digital format so it's it's not really limited it's limited to how much light information is actually on like a piece of sixty two or thirty two millimeter film. Think of it; it basically is or running. 16. It basically is super high res if you want. Effectively, it to be. Uh, it's 4K like four K is like. No, you can go higher than four K when you scan film. I mean, you can, theoretically. but four K is like sort of where it taps out a detail level. Yeah, there the, there there comes a point where. Uh, uh, even it's basically what you're doing is you're scanning in uh, an analog format into a digital world. Okay. So the better your scanner is, the higher res image that you can get out of it. It's like if you put a way that you can see this, you know, if you have a flatbed scanner at home is like put a, put on a photograph. Like if you actually have a physical photograph or a piece of paper even or whatever, scan it at like... 72 dpi which is the same uh resolution as you know most monitors out there but then scan it at like 300 and then bring it into photoshop or ms paint or i don't know whatever you got and like zoom into the image and see how much detail you were able to scan in basically that's that's the same sort of theoretical process that happens when people scan in old film stock that's how come like a lot of old tv shows can actually be re-released in blue qual in uh, Blu-ray quality uh, 1080p HD, like, like they're doing with Star Trek. Yeah, like except all it's really hard for Next Generation because like the first season of Star Trek: The Next Generation, like 
the negatives are missing for most of those episodes but it's not it's but not next generation actually old star trek the original star trek was all done on film stock yeah so it's all like it's crazy because you can see that shit in super high res hd and it's like it wasn't a format that it was ever meant to be seen in and like it's not meant to be and you can see like flaws in the clothing and the sex and the makeup was edited mostly on tape I think Matt, that was not a short answer. I'm sorry. It's you complicated. Just, you were just supposed to tell him because <laughs> film because film can be all good. I mean, yeah, as far as the frame rate stuff goes, I have my own theories about frame rate. Like, mm. so this is a question I get more often on Twitter and on the podcast than I care to admit. Which is people just want to know where to start with Star Wars books. They always fucking ask that. <laughs> well, you talk about Star Wars books. Yeah, that's I know, what I know, but I'm saying, like, I'm saying, like, like coming straight off the movies. Like, if you want to pick up like lore wise, like right after the movies, like, mm. like if you just want to continue with the movie lores and stuff, like all the tales from books start from there. Tales from Jabba's Palace, Tales from the Empire, Tales from New Republic, blah blah blah. After that, like honestly, I would just pick and choose the ones that have the best lore. They'll involve characters that you're familiar with and they'll explain things enough that you'll never feel that lost. Mm. So other than that, go to Wikipedia and look at a timeline. If you really want to be like super hardcore, like Just in order, make sure yeah. no one sees you do it. But like Matt's read books totally out of order. Technically, like I yeah. gave him certain ones like the crystal star and stuff like that. And you just read it and mm-hmm. it was like, it didn't matter. Like, no, you, totally you had fine. a rough idea of where it fell in and you just exactly. moved on. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's more about the quality of the book itself. Right. Um, there was uh, somebody on Twitter. This is sort of off topic, but he said, uh, "Thanks for recommending radio the Radio Lab podcast aeons ago on Rebel FM. Can you guys shout favorite podcasts again? Keep up the good work." And uh, I would say, if you really liked Radio Lab, another one you really need to check out is called Ninety Nine Percent Invisible. It's a design podcast, and each one is like between five and ten minutes long, and uh, it's really cool stuff. It's about like all the things that we use in our everyday life or that we see in cities or whatever that are actually designed and we don't think about the design of them. It's a very, very cool podcast. I should listen to more podcasts like that. So 99% Invisible is good. Uh, yeah, I would rather learn to podcast where I listen to podcasts where I learn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. It's like I feel like I'm getting something out of it other than just entertainment. Um, as it's far as stuff. podcasts I listen to, I usually listen to podcasts when I go running. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, still, the only game podcast I listen to is Giant Bomb. Ah, yes. Um, Love and Radio is a very good podcast. Uh, Too Much Information is also a good podcast. I like Tested's podcast, too. Do you remember this guy last week? He wrote in and he said, have you guys... He said, I was wondering if you guys had heard or tried of BXX Haunted. And we were like, what the fuck are you talking about, right? Right. (laughs) He he wrote in and he says, uh, he says, sorry, I didn't provide any details about BXX. I'll try and bullet point it right now. It's created by Daniel Knopf, who created Carnival, the HBO show. It's 32 hours of footage where six people go into a house that has some mystery and research it. It's shot with, shot from 16 cameras, and you can go through 32 hours seeing what happens. You huh. try and piece together stuff and watch video footage. And he says, I found out about it from our article on Polygon. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> I still have not heard of this. I have that not. pretty awesome, though. It sounds interesting. Um, nice. All right. So... Brand. So did he say like is it a PC game or what is it? Uh, it sounds it sounds like it must be a PC game, but it sounds like it's most like you watch film and you interact with it. I don't know. Huh. BXX colon haunted. That's that's what it's called. All right. Um. Colon. Colon. Sorry. What did I say? 
No, you said colon. I just laughed at colon because oh. it's where poop comes from. Brendan writes in and says, what will it take for publishers to rethink how they price digital downloads? I decided to buy Trials HD after Evolution released, thinking the original would be deeply discounted. Imagine my shock to see Trials is still 1,200 points, the same price as the sequel. I did some digging and found games such as Shadow Complex and Limbo are all still 1,200 points, the same price as they were two to three years ago. In what world does this make sense? I would buy these titles at 400 to 800 points, but not 1,200, and I imagine I'm not alone. Are these games selling enough at a higher price to justify the lack of a price drop, or is Microsoft content to leave potential sales on the table? I imagine that they are selling, and also those games have all gone on sale multiple times. Yeah, I was going to say pay attention. I guess, I guess this question is more like, you know, like a retail game would have... Would have dropped in price. Right. Yeah, Depending yeah. on the retail game, but yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's fair, but, you know, there, there are sales all the time. And there are reasons why retail games go on sale, which is like to clear stock. Yeah. Uh, to get move. rid of that fucking box in the yeah. back. <laughs> right. Like, exactly. To make room for other stuff. And that's obviously not something that's a problem like right. in, digital, a, yeah. in the ether of the digital environment. So I have one more letter. Is there any that you've seen that you want to read? Because I had one more. I have, I, uh, I have one suggestion that a URL that everybody needs to go to. Do say. Polygon.com. That's a good one. But there's, <laughs> there's also... Uh, Nothing's gonna stop me now. dot com. Oh yeah, everybody should. Everybody should go to that URL. Yeah, I haven't played it yet. See, every time everyone says that, uh, that that Queen song "Can't Stop Me Now" gets stuck in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. How long unrelated. does it take to go through this? Mm, as long as the theme song of the show is. This is a game. Yes. Just go to nothing's gonna stop me now. dot com. Okay. Um, That's all you need to know. So the last letter comes from Chris, and he says, Often you guys speak highly of Hitman blood money. It's true. He says, Having never played a Hitman game, I hadn't either before that, and it now being six years since blood money came out, is it too late to enjoy it? He says, Shooters usually don't age well. Does this one hold up over the years? The good news is the shooting in blood money was always bad. (laughs) So it's not really aging anymore. (laughs) But I think that's another example of a game that is like, so fun that the flaw you're just like eh, there's some parts of it that aren't that great but it's really fucking fun that is so. a game designed around its mechanical failures was that the one the we part. did on yes. yes game club we did a game yeah. club for hitman blood money um i actually posted That's on my fun. tumblr recently like a link to every episode and all of the video walkthroughs that we did mm. that game is still worth playing in my opinion it's really good especially because really now you could probably find it for like nine ninety nine or something, <laughs> if that. Yeah. And and it it's still really fun and like every there's like no bad mission in that game, like in my opinion, every single hit in that game is fun. Yeah, and I, I remember us like talking about like all the different things that we did for each of those missions. I still remember the one that always that I always remember for some reason. Maybe it's because the one that frustrated me the most was the, the suburban boat? hit. Oh, see, oh man, I uh, the love one, the suburban. The one hit. that the one that I still think is infinitely the most frustrating for me when I think back on it is the the Bayou Wedding one. Oh so, yeah, I really like yeah, the Bayou yeah, Wedding because I had the most trouble. With so it. many ways right. to do it. I hate the steamboat so much. Uh, yeah, the steamboat had the steamboat had issues because like I felt like there wasn't a single thing that I could do where I didn't get spotted by. There somebody. are eight targets in that mission. Yeah, yeah, uh, that was rough. God, what's my favorite? My favorite contract in that? They're all really good. I think my fa- I think really one of my good. favorites actually might be the one that's in Louisiana, 
Like I just mm-hmm. love that going oh, the through the Mardi crowds. Gras one. Yeah, and yeah, just involving cool. all these different locales. And yeah. Fuck, I can't play that game again. See, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that, game, that game is still good. The answer to your question yeah. is yes. It's still if you've never played it, just play it's it. It's just full yeah. of moments. It really like, is. really great moments. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you should. What you should do is find two copies of it and a friend and play it, and then get together and talk about you it. Could listen to our game club episode. That's true like, too. We your friends good, have yeah. already gotten together and played it. Right. <laughs> so. Um. Oh man! If, if, God damn! Now I really want to play that game again, <laughs> right? <laughs> Shit! Uh, so if you want to write in with your own letters about Hitman Blood Money, you can do that to uh, to uh, letters at eat sleep game dot com. Um, you can find us on Twitter. Matt is at Talking Orange. I am. I'm at Chuff Money, and Arthur is at A E G I E S. Tyler's at Dirty T. Send send uh, Tyler uh, notes that tell him you love him. Talking Orange is also my tribe's handle, and I'll pretty much friend anybody, but just don't expect me to follow you around. Chuff Money One is my tribe's handle. Like, there's a one on it. So, um, but yeah, so that's about it. Play games, enjoy your life. Next week we're gonna have a lot to talk about. And the week after that, I kind of don't think we're gonna record a show. Diablo will be a problem. Yeah, <laughs> it really will be. So, play Diablo with us. Alright. I'm having such a good time. I'm having a fun.